0: Companion, this is episode 294. I'm your host, Brian
1: Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry.
0: And today we're discussing Star Trek Lower Decks first season episodes, Cupid's Errant Arrow and
1: Terminal Provocations. Here we go. Cupid's Errant Arrow, season one, episode five. Original release date, September 3rd, 2020. Directed by Kim Arndt, written by Ben Joseph. Guest cast includes... Jillian Gate Jacobs as Barb Brinson, Matt Walsh as Ron Docent, Marcus Henderson as Jet Maneuver, Carrie Walgren as Angie, Lauren Tom as Vancouver Captain, and Nolan North as Nico. The Sorrentos is in
2: orbit around Mictras 3, providing support to a new Parliament class starship, the Vancouver, for a controlled detonation of an unstable moon. Ensign Brad Boimler is excited to see his new girlfriend, Barbara Brinson, who serves on the Vancouver. Mariner is suspicious of Boimler's new girlfriend, while Tindy and Rutherford grow jealous of the Vancouver's gear. Get out of here! Barb will be back any second.
0: This is me sex time, okay? Look at this! It's the husk of a neural parasite! I don't care! I'm naked! You're not listening! Barb is a parasite! She's a creature of some sort! Right, two for emergency. Hey, give it back!
2: You'd rather make a fake husk than admit that you were wrong? Terrible! Shame on you! It has been a long time since I've taken a lover, let alone a lover like Barb. I am staying here and I am making love to my
1: lover. Oh, please stop saying lover!
0: Steve, get us going on Cupid's Aaron Tarot. Say that three times fast.
1: Yeah, so, you know, this show is consistently fun. I think there, you know, there's some... I think with the first couple of podcasts we had on this, uh, on, on this series, um, I felt more, I felt more strongly about, I felt strongly about those than the current one. But I think, I think what I do consistently have is that I don't get bored in these episodes. That's the thing. And I know they're short and I know that they, you know, they talk fast and we have this concentrated, you know, screenplay or whatever you want to say. Um, but you know, the jokes come, fast and furious if you like star trek you're going to catch all sorts of things and they do some fun stuff you know and i think i think what's what they do consistently well is that they keep it about the characters you know it's it's character relationships whenever like like any star trek series whenever they go too long when they when they drift away from speaking about characters and the relationships relationships between each other and whatnot that's when it starts to go south and it's not so interesting anymore and i think I think that's what we see in this as well. So, um, you know, it's a little bit different, uh, something, some, something new. It's kind of like this idea of this girlfriend that we've heard mentioned before. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if there's a jealousy or a possessiveness of a friend or whatever like that going on, but we have that as kind of the a story, but we also have, um, the other primary characters on the on the ship and their fascination with engineering tools and whatnot and that that's fun too so you know it may not be the best episode ever but it's it's still it's still fun and they're they're doing what they do best adam your first
0: thoughts
2: um yeah i'm pretty much in agreement with steve i i i like that they keep the story simple and they keep them focused on the characters i very much agree with steve on that one and I think this was about the right time to do this story for Boimler. You know, we kind of seen, you know, we're several episodes in, you know, he's kind of neurotic, he's nerdy and, you know, he's a rule follower. Um, Most people might find him annoying, but um, Mariner and and him are are kind of best friends. So he's been set up enough that we can have this episode where it's like, really has a girlfriend. And it it makes sense to me. So it's a simple story. It's a simple premise that um, you got this weird nerdy guy who has a, All of a sudden, has a hot, really cool girlfriend, and um, I agree with you, Steve, about the the jealousy stuff up until the point they did that flashback where um, her friend got eaten. And (laughs) I will say these these two episodes were 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 pretty. These two episodes will tell you that this is an adult show. It's not really for children it gets a little bit bloody <laughs> the pant pulling her you know um boimler's girlfriend's pants down and the in the shuttle bay she's got the nice red um <laughs> undies on so um this is the first episode where i go yeah this isn't this is an adult's Cartoon, they're they're doing adult themes. There's you know it's and it, like Steve said, it's fun, it's entertaining, it moves along at a quick pace. You know, like the the storyline, the B storyline with Tindy and Rutherford, it's simple. It's like you know they're working on this old clunker and it's breaking down, and they get to be on this new ship, and yeah, it's it's something that an audience can very simply understand and relate to so they keep it simple they keep the jokes good i I gotta tell you man i stopped trying to keep notes keeping up with all the you know past star trek references they do so many and they do it so fast i'm like i i just can't keep up with them so i'm not saying that's a bad thing it's very amusing and it's it's almost like a challenge like oh did i where is that from before they move on to the next thing so um I, i like this series the first run when i watched it through and i think i'm enjoying it even more the second time
0: yeah, I agree, and it's really amazing how, for the reasons like you were just kind of talking about, Adam, that that it's st- straightforward and simple in a way that somebody can follow it, and even without, though, you know, if you don't know anything about Star Trek, like because it's so much about the characters, like Steve, you were saying, I think anybody could enjoy it, and the the the, the Star Trek references and all the Star Trek stuff is, you know, that's gravy for people like us, but I think that anybody could watch this show. Oh, yeah. And enjoy it. You don't have to have seen that stuff. You don't have to, you know, plenty of the jokes have nothing to do with that situation.
2: The references are almost like throwaway lines. They don't really, like, um. they don't add to the story. They're just, like, little Easter... I find them to be, like, Easter eggs for really hardcore fans. I mean, and they, like Steve was saying, they do them so fast, it doesn't, you know, if you've never seen Star, you're not going to notice you're not going to really understand you know it's not going to affect your viewing pleasure if you you know if you hear Kirk, you know really quick it's not yeah it's just they're throwing those out there just left and right
0: i love the running gag of calling of his name being bradward and her (laughs) mariner especially calling him brad bradward bradward i mean that's a good example of a joke that is i mean that's not a star trek thing (laughs) that's funny to anybody
2: you know and we got a naked man in this episode even though they they censored it (laughs) boimler
0: (laughs) right they put a censor bar on him
2: and and it's also funny, you know, because we've seen um, so you know the premise of the the episode is like they're there to destroy this moon because it's going to destroy this civilization. You know, we've seen that countless times. Uh, some we've seen that countless times in many Star Trek shows. But I love how they do it. You know, it's it it, uh, it almost kind of references. It kind of almost mirrors like today's world. You know, they have all this beer. No, we can't destroy the moon for this. No, you know, and it's um yeah, and it's it's funny because you know when. Picard's doing it, it's very ordered and calm, and this is this one's very chaotic, and, the, and at the end we find out that there's only two people on this one place that they want to save. It's like, well, I'm rich! <laughs> so, it's amusing. It's a good I said, I'm going to
0: try to point out the, the, the line or two that makes me laugh out loud. In this episode, the line that made me laugh out loud was <laughs> when the captain says, there are two effing people on your whole effing planet. <laughs> uh, I like the use of beeps, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't make a great deal of sense if you think about it contextually or something, but it's it's just funny. And it's certainly not necessary for considering how they're broadcasting it, but the beeps make it funnier. Yeah. It would be less funny if it didn't have the beeps.
2: Mm-hmm. I agreed. Yeah.
0: Did Mariner have an afro in that flashback? Well, it was big hair. I don't know if it was afro. but It, it wasn't was like... necessarily an afro. It was just big hair. Okay. Well, I, I guess I thought it was an afro just because that's kind of like the, the, the gag that a lot of movies or TV shows would have when you go to the, the flashback. <laughs> somebody will have an, an afro <laughs> and i think that was supposed to be ds9 i think what's this episode about again
2: i mean i think they've kind of done this before it's, like, it's things that aren't as they appear you know things aren't always as they appear you know you have mariner here she's very suspicious of this of this new girlfriend um barbara and she's trying all these ways to figure out like oh if she's an alien she's a shapeshifter you know all these all these references to past um you know star trek um characters that could be chameleon in some way um i even like the salt the salt um how oh, was the from the very first from the first one salt salt Vampire, Kirk. Yeah, yeah yeah that's even there so that's another reference so
0: man uh,
2: yeah so things aren't always what they appear and that's even in the it's that's in the the b and the c story if you think about it because um tendy and rutherford you know they're doing all this work and then this this engineer that's on the um Vancouver is just freaking out because he's got to do time travel and all the things that we see on the enterprise and it's freaking him out. So things aren't always what they appear. Um, you know, as an audience, I think the first time I watched this, you know, I, am I'm thinking that, um, Barbara is some sort of creature too, just, just because Mariners. So, you know, um, she thinks it's gotta be that. And then the little, the play at the end, it's actually Boimler who's got the thing on the back of his head. That's putting out endorphins. So that's kind of what I took from it
0: pheromones yes yep, pheromones. i want one of those by the way steve
1: <laughs> yeah i think i think um yes they're once again kind of doing this it's it is it is a bit like it and things are not what they seem but i think what they do well is because these characters are so relatable because they're you know they've got all sorts of problems they're they have they're they're not you know perfect people and they have issues and and a lot of times these things are not what they seem kind of angles come from like a parent paranoia or various issues in one's mind you make up things and a lot of times things are just you make things up worse than what they actually are you imagine the worst and you roll with this thing and then it turns out to be nothing like that and it's a comical effect and that that's a lot like real life in so many ways and i, I we've seen we see that multiple times in this series and it works well for this series given the given how they do
2: yeah. it we're going to see it in the next episode too <laughs>
0: cool all right let's do six degrees for cupid's errant arrow. steve mariner tells a story where she hears about the events of next gen's season six finale and season seven opener name those episodes
1: descent parts one and two
0: very good steve has one moving on
1: Terminal Provocations, Season 1, Episode 6, original release date September 10th, 2020. Directed by Bob Suarez, written by John Cochran. Guest cast includes Tim Robinson as Fletcher and Corrupted Isolinear Core, Jack McBrayer as Badgie, Asif Ali as Asif, Artemis Abdani as Caravitus, J.G. Hertzler as Drukmani Captain, Jessica McKenna as Barnes and Cerritos Computer, and Paul Shear as Andy Billups. <laughs> On the bridge of the Sorrentos, Captain
2: Carol Freeman is in a heated debate with the captain of a Drukminian salvage ship, which has discovered the wreckage of a 23rd century Starfleet and Terry's cargo ship. Down in the lower decks, the lovable but awkward Ensign Fletcher makes work difficult for Mariner and Bungler. Meanwhile, Rutherford introduces Tindy to a holodeck training program he created that inevitably becomes incredibly deadly. I said computer and program. That's not good.
1: Badgie, run diagnostic. You got it! Ow! <sighs> Sorry about that. I didn't mean to... Hurt. Badgie, what the hell? Oh, guess I'm just a stupid, worthless blinch! Uh, Badgie!
0: Computer, re-engage safety protocols. Safety
2: protocols are unavailable.
0: Adam, kick us off on terminal provocations. Terminal provocations. So, it's...
2: What we were mentioning in the last episode, there's there's a, kind of a lot of the same play going on here um, that was in the last episode. So not, you know, they kind of, it's not exactly what you think it's going to be. It happens. So early on in the episode, you know, they're, they're really buddy-buddy with this um, Ensign Fletcher. He seems like a great, cool guy. You know, um, Boimler went to the Academy with him. He's helping him out so they can go to this dance, which... Or a concert, which would have, which I kind of on a side note, I kind of like that they didn't so show that. It just kind of they're so, they're so crazy about it, and they're like, oh, I've been on a high since the last time. But it's I kind of like that they didn't show it because it leaves it to your imagination. Because like the way they hyped it before they went, I don't think there was anything that they could have done to like for the audience to go, that's not cool. So I like that they made that choice not to show any of it. So you're just kind of like you're left to your imagination. But anyway, we go back to this this Ensign Fletcher, and he turns out to be just an idiot let's just call it what it is he's an idiot he lies to boimler and um mariner about screwing up this 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 isolinear chip module and it turns into a demon um so yeah and then uh, in the b story with um Tindy and um rutherford um yeah there are you, you knew this was coming you know they go in there and they kind of got this the Starfleet badge it just kind of looks especially after when he shakes him and kicks him you know something bad's gonna go on and again this is a this
0: well, he he's immediately like really mean to him to Badgie. <laughs> yeah. Like Rutherford is really mean to Badgy. Like <laughs> yeah. like you get the sense <laughs> that oh, this is his normal way of communicating.
2: <laughs> to yeah, it's, a, it's it's like somebody who gets pissed off at their phone. You know, they start screaming at it and throw it down. You know, it's kind of the same premise. But again, you know this this last episode in this episode, what I was saying, you know, okay, this is a this is an adult show. You know, Badgie's ripping people, breaking arms, snapping heads, and blood squirting out all over the place. So. It, again, I mean, I I've, so far, so good. I mean, you know, every episode, like, I'm entertained. They kind of have a simple premise, and it keeps you moving along. And it's, and it's again, it's just about the characters. And so that that's, yeah, it's nice.
0: I love that they got, what's his name, Jack? Yeah. What's his name from 30 Rock to do Badgie. He is He is hilarious. Like, I very mm-hmm. consciously thought there were a couple lines he delivers while they're walking up the steps. And he's just saying a line, and it's just, it just makes me laugh because of the way he delivers the line. Yeah. yeah. He is really funny. It was perfectly cast. Uh, Steve, your your thoughts here?
1: Yeah, I think another thing they do well in this series is they keep a consistent tone, you know? So we, we've seen really violent episodes, really risque episodes, really, you know, goofy episodes. But you don't have a lot of a, a big mix of that, right? So this one has kind of a couple things going on, I feel like. One is for some reason, the stuff that feels kind of, is kind of the prime, well, is, is it the primary story? It's not, I guess. Cause, but it's the, uh, a Boimler Mariner story is the, that feels kind of like, um, almost like one of these kind of frat party type movies in a way, because you have the really dippy guy that's just doing crazy stuff and it's just, it's obnoxious and they're trying to cover for him. And it's one goopy thing after another. And then the badgy stuff feels a little bit like horror stuff, you know? It's almost uncomfortable how goofy it is, right? I mean, obviously they go over the top and he's just obnoxious and silly and then he's flipping, you know, killing people and stuff. It's, it's ludicrous, right? But, you know, they, 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 they take a theme, they run with it and 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 they are consistent throughout versus just dropping in jokes of a certain type of genre you're used to seeing. And so I think that helps them out. Of course, it's fun that uh, J.G. Hertzler's in this for long time Trek fans. Um you know, you immediately recognize the voice. It's it's a fun little thing there. You have a lot of next gen holodeck references thrown in there at some point, so again, little tidbits for the longtime fans. So, you know, again it's, it's 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 fun. They they what they're doing they do they do well. So
2: The fight scene between Badgie and Rutherford at the end, it's it's brutal and great. And you know, he just snaps his neck.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was my
0: laugh out loud moment in this when he snaps his neck. Because he doesn't even have a neck. Nick, quote-unquote. <laughs> the snap is in there. You hear it, right? <laughs> after, after he's been stabbed, you know, it goes pretty far, you know? I would have liked to have seen them make more of this whole beta shift versus delta shift thing. I think there was, there's probably more comedy to mine there. They could have had, like, you know, whole opposites of all their main characters or something, you know?
2: <laughs> it's funny. Structurally, this episode's almost kind of identical to the first, you know, to Cupid. You know, you have this, this story going on with the captain and she's dealing with, um, you know, mm. the first, you know, Diplomatic and this one, the same thing. She's primed her to attack this, but you, know, you have Rutherford and Tindy doing their thing and a um, Mariner and um, Boimler doing theirs. So yeah, it's, they right. feel very, like, rhythmically, they feel very similar.
0: They're almost like bottle episodes. They're, this show's equivalent to bottle episodes. I mean, yeah, there's a holodeck sequence and we see another ship. You know, they go to the Vancouver in the previous one, and this one we see inside that Herzler's ship. But they're basically bottle episodes, but they don't feel—they
1: don't feel constrained. I think I think they—they they focus so well. They do—they—they they do this kind of format, and they have almost—it's it's formulaic, but most of the time you don't recognize the formula. I mean, I feel like that. If there's any criticism, it's that you get the same kind of setup many times because you only have so much time. And these characters, you just you pair up the same characters almost every time. You do this kind of thing, and you roll with it, and and, and it works for what it is. It, but it but it, it is kind of the same thing over and over again. Just new jokes, new little story. But at least you're focusing on the relationships, and they stay within themselves in that regard. They don't try to become try to make something much larger and have a lot of complex interconnections or a complex plot in the amount of time we have to work with.
2: Well, and on top of that, the characters are written well. They're interesting. A mariner is somebody who used to be, you know, by the book. That's kind of what we've gotten. And then, you know, somewhere down the line, she became a lower decks person, but her mom's a captain. Boimler's the kind of the arrogant, snotty little kid, you know. Um, But yeah, there's interest in all these characters um, that that drives it too. And I think that's that's really why this show is good because you find the characters are relatable. They do relatable things and um, they're funny.
0: I'm sure somebody can make the argument that, it's easier to produce 22 minutes of animation than it is 50 minutes of live action, especially 2d animation. But I mean, I just think, I think this is a good show and it's a certainly a very consistent show compared to some, maybe, this, you know, the newer star Treks. but you know, maybe the more direct comparison is prodigy. I think this show is, is much more consistent and enjoyable for me than, than, than prodigy, even if I'm not the target audience for the, for prodigy maybe, but I'm not saying Prodigy is bad or anything. I'm just saying I think this is a legit good show. I don't think it's a good show for a Star Trek show or something. Great. I don't know. I was trying to think of something interesting to say about Fletcher, but <laughs> he's he, he's really just there to to give our main characters something to bounce off of. Uh, is this the first mention we've heard of the Titan Could, when Fletcher gets transferred to the Titan? I believe so. Or have we already heard that Mariner wanted to go to the Titan? You mean Norman? Sorry, right, Boiler. Yeah,
1: I don't. I don't recall for sure. It, it might be. What is this episode about? Well, again, they
0: um
2: this this episode kind of has misdirection, but it's it's not as a, quite as apparent as in the first episode. Um, Cupid. I kind of think it's about that you can't always cover for somebody. You know, you can't you can't cut co- you can't cover for somebody. You can't cover up for somebody. When they are actually hurting you at the same time, there's a point where you know you have to <laughs> get rid of them and get them transferred to another ship. <laughs> making them in the hero. In um, the B story, um, it's it's kind of a, to me it's about friendship. You know, Rutherford is really trying to help Tindy out. Um, you know, she's she didn't get through you know her spacewalk stuff, and he's really trying to help her out. And you know, obviously they get in there with the with the play. You know, the the holodeck going back going evil, and and that kind of drives the story. But I, I think the the essence of that is that, you know, these two are really good friends and they're there for each other.
1: Yeah, I think what the A and B story do have in common is that they're there's both they're both have this element of salvaging, trying to salvage a situation that isn't salvageable. I mean, they you know, they kind of get silly with Badgie and Rutherford and it's like a father son and all this rigmarole <laughs> like he's more important than he is, but they <laughs> have to kill him off or whatever, you know, but um what, what is common there is that they have a relationship with some body or some element that is, uh, you know, tearing up things and, and destroying everything else. And at some point you got to like cut your losses. I mean, there you know, it's it's but, you know, you got loyalty, you got, you know, all these kind of elements, but there is a toxic thing that can occur. And at some point you have to do something about it if you want to uh, salvage your sanity or you know other friendships or whatnot
2: sorry steve you made me think about the the end scene you know right before he kills him father and snaps his neck
0: yeah every time he every time he calls him father it's hilarious and then rutherford eventually calls him son I, remind me I, I, badgie doesn't come back in season two right i don't remember that i'm hoping we see badgie in season three
1: but i don't recall i just don't recall right now i think you feel like he comes back somewhere because it feels too familiar but I, i'm yeah. not sure yeah
0: You know, I guess that's the downside to the way the way I consumed this show previously was in one sitting. (laughs) I remember Mm -hmm. because I waited until whatever, was it Discovery Season 3 or something that was premiering right after it? So I like wait or maybe it was 2, I forget. But I waited until like a week before that and then resubscribed to Paramount Plus and then watched this show in one sitting, which is only, you know, it's only a few few hours, but um, it makes it so that I don't remember stuff very well. <laughs> I
2: it's kind of like a movie.
0: Yeah. All right, let's do Six Degrees for Terminal Provocation. J.G. Hertzler plays the Druk-Mani captain. He's best known for what character on DS9? I should have asked about one of his many other Star Trek characters, but no, I'm not going to change it now. Uh, Adam. Yes. What character is J.G. Hertzler best known for on DS9? Uh, mourn. uh No, it's not Morn mark talk yes sir mark talk all right the day this episode goes up is the day that strange new worlds premieres nice we we're talking offline we're all excited about that one yeah and the uh, uh review embargo is up people have been putting up reviews that have seen you know got to see it early and stuff i haven't read those reviews i don't want to be spoiled in any way but i <laughs> can't help but see the headlines and the headlines are positive so excited yeah. definitely excited they did put out a date for uh, Lower Deck Season Two Blu Ray. Oh yeah, and it is just before the Season Three will premiere, which is what I I was surprised they weren't doing that. And then right after I expressed that surprise, they did make that announcement. That will be in the middle of our talking about it, so <laughs> 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 we'll will be doing at least half a season from streaming, and maybe have the other half in the Blu Rays.
2: When Season Three come out, I'm sorry,
0: they haven't given us an exact date, but it sounds like it'll probably be August ish, and, and the fact that the season two blu-ray is like end of july or mid-july helps confirm that you can send us an email checkcompanion at gmail.com our twitter handle is at checkcompanion thank you so much for spending 30 minutes with us and uh, we're gonna be back in two weeks to discuss the next two episodes of lower decks first season until then take it easy bye guys see ya